With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's AFC Championship Sunday. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is Kevin Smith. It is, I was going to say the Steelers retro show. It is not, but it feels like a retro show as we have tales from 2 a.m. once again. And if you're wondering, everyone, I confuse people with this because they think the show's going to be on at 2 a.m. No, I am Mr. 2 a.m. Um, it's not an inside joke because people know about it. They watched the show over the last year and a half. Has a lot with the uh, to do with the 2019 Steelers and how I explained their winning at the time was you just take it and it's kind of like 2 a.m. So that's why this show is Tales from 2 a.m. I'm Mr. 2 a.m. your host, but it's great to have some great co-host with me. Kevin Smith is here once again. You know him as Cliff Harris is still a punk. You know him as KT Smith. He is my partner on the Steelers pregame show. We have no pregame to talk about, so we're talking about past game. And the past games are great AFC championship games in Steeler history. Once again, they have been in 16 AFC championship games. They have won eight of them. There are so many great memories of them. You talked, Kevin, we just talked about the Indianapolis game. That was a fantastic game in 1995. Um, it was actually January of 1996 when they played that game. Um, one of my great memories, and I know Jeff Hartman talks about that a lot. Dave Scofo talks about those games a lot because that's a that's a lot of the time that people found their fandom. That's those the Avoid Lloyd and the Blitzberg and Kevin Greens and Rod Woodson's and even O'Donnell. I mean, that was the era where a lot of people found the Steelers. You and I found the Steelers at a different time. We were so blessed to find them so much earlier. I mean, it means we're older, but we found them in the late 70s. Now, one of the first AFC Championship games that I remember watching, and we just talked about it, the Mike Renfro game, uh, January 7th, 1980. It was the Steelers and the Oilers in Three River Stadium. And Kevin, you might lose some respect for me, but remember, I was eight years old. I was partially rooting for the Steelers to lose that game. And you're going to, I mean, everybody in the live chat is going to be like, <gasps> but there's a reason. It was not because I like the Oilers. It is because my parents pulled me in the kitchen and told me that my uncle offered them, if the Steelers won the game, two tickets to the Super Bowl. And I was not going, but if the Steelers win, we're going to Pasadena in California. I'm eight years old. I'm scared to death of them getting on the plane. I don't want to be left home with grandma. I want to go to the game because when you grow up as a Steelers fan in Western Pennsylvania, where I grew up in Johnstown, PA, when you, and it's still Western Pennsylvania, I mean, you pull out the map. I don't care. It's Western PA. I'm just telling you that right, right now. Uh, so what... <laughs> Uh, I'm looking at the live chat. Thaddeus Kennedy said, bad. I stretched really quick, like you said, and I think I pulled my hamstring. I am sorry, that <laughs> I'm really sorry. Um, that's something I would do, so I feel for you. Um, so I didn't want them to win that game because I was scared that 
what if they get on a plane and it crashes? And that's what happens. I just turned eight. I thought you were going to say you were running like an eight-year-old bookie scheme and all the money is <laughs> on the Steelers now. So. Hey, Mr. 2 a.m. would have done that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so even a young Mr. 2 a.m. But no, so but the game starts and I get in the fever right away. Vernon Perry picks off the ball. It's a pick six on the first drive. It is now seven nothing Oilers. And I'm like, I don't want this. This isn't right. I mean, all these people around us, uh, you know, cheering like crazy for the Steelers. I felt the fever and I felt the disappointment. I'm like, all right, they can go. That's no problem. And they did, and I've got some more stories about that, which I will I will wait and tell you more about that when we do the Super Bowl show. It has it has to do with Terry Bradshaw admonishing me. Actually, in person, he yelled at me for this, <laughs> and it's it's about respecting my dad. And this was just a, a couple of years ago because uh, we were joking around. I told him the story um, at an autograph signing. So we we will save that for two weeks from now. That's a reason to come back. So, but they win that game. And I remember that is one of the games that really set my fan, my fanhood ablaze. Uh, you know what I remember about that game? I remember uh, how wet it was and the Steeler guy is Steelers sliding uh, across the turf, you know, it's kind of hydro yeah. in, into the end zone. Blyer, I think Bradshaw, you know, like it just was a disastrous conditions. Yeah, actually, I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to correct you on that. That was the week before, that was the year before. Oh, was that the year That was the one to go to Super Bowl 13 because the, the cover of Sports Illustrated has Bradshaw basically on his back hydroplaning. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's real. Yeah, that was, that was the uh, 30, 34 to 5 game. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah, Houston was so good. And you met, you mentioned Earl Campbell in that second game that we were talking about, that 1980 game. What happened? The great Earl Campbell. Pittsburgh shut him down. 17 carries for 15 yards. Or it was 15 yards for uh, 15 carries for 17 yards, something like that. Um, they really shut him down, and that was the key to, to winning that game because you shut down, you shut that guy down, you shut down number 34, you're gonna win the game. So we then we after that game, Steelers had their fourth Super Bowl. Next thing you know. There's a law. They don't go to the playoffs in 80. They don't go in 81. They're there in 82, but in 83, but they're ousted right away. And one of my favorite years, and Tony Defio and I talk about this all the time, Kevin, is that 1984 season. That's when John Stallworth comes back for that season and has an amazing year. So they are, they surprise Denver in Mile High right before the new year. And they get to go and face Danny Marino in a second year and the mighty Miami Dolphins to go to the Super Bowl. This is a nine and seven team. Yeah. Mark Malone actually had a really good game. John Stallworth, of all of his AFC championship games, had his best AFC championship game in 1984. So to give you an idea, he played in six AFC championship games. He had only 13 catches. In six AFC championship games for 244 yards. But where he was so great, he had five TDs in AFC championship games. So he, he was scoring points. And that's that's what you need more than anything. But he had he was four for 111 in that game and two touchdowns. But the Dolphins were way too much. But I remember that game, January 5th, 1985. 
1984 is one of my favorite years, not just for the Steelers, but of all time. Um, that's when I was 12. That's kind of the year where where you find yourself. You know, yeah. you're, I was going into eighth grade. I absolutely love that year. But so this I'll, is I'll one of you, my favorite teams. I'll tell you real quick about, about that game. So I was 14 years old. Uh, I had uh, some, you know, like freshman in high school girlfriend that I was, you know, like da- dating, whatever, whatever. We were doing. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, we're hanging out, you know, on the like the playground in the town that I grew up in. And I just, you know, it was I don't remember if it was a one o'clock game for I don't know when it, I think it was a one o'clock game. But I remember I just said, uh, you know, I got to go, man. The Steelers are on. And she was not happy about it. And, uh, yeah, she said something like, if you leave right now, we're not going out anymore. And that was the end of that relationship because <laughs> I, was, I was out, you know. <laughs> That's a true fan. Yeah. 14 <laughs> years old, you know, whatever. So you got to do what you got to do, man. Yeah, hey, there's priorities, and you had black and gold priorities at the time for a Jersey kid. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Ezra, I put it up there. 1984. He was breakdancing. I was attempting to breakdance. Oh, really bad at that. I, I, I'm just not a good dancer. I will tell you that. I mean, I'm not good at impressions. You're gonna pull some hammies there for sure. Oh, yeah. I'm in a walk. I'm in a walking shoe right now. <laughs> so that's another story for another time. But so that was a, that was a, actually that's a game they lost. But I felt really good about that team because. They didn't belong there in the first place, and they really showed up. They only lost that game by 14 points, if I'm not mistaken. And that was that's a game that really, if the 1980 game was the one that really introduced me to it the most, this is the one that just cemented everything for me. This yeah. is where I was a huge fan. So we don't see another AFC championship game for another my gosh, that almost 10 years. Yep. And that's that 1994 game that you spoke of. And we've got to talk about it because the title of the show is fame and shame. And that is the shame game. That is the, that was the ultimate bummer. And you mentioned that earlier because everybody thought they were going in. They had the team. They had a great season. They ended up 12 and four that year, but they were basically 12 and three. Because they lost the uh, they lost the last game of the season uh, because they didn't play anybody. They didn't play. I mean, and they almost beat San Diego in that game. I remember Andre Coleman running back for San Diego in that game. I believe it was a Christmas Eve game too. Um, but that was that was a uh, a really fun a really fun game to talk about. Somebody just mentioned Bry mentioned uh, um, Lambert's last game. And uh, do you remember what took out Lambert? The dreaded turf toe. That's what. That's why I'm in a boot. Yeah. So when, when the doctor told me two weeks ago, because I fell, he said, you've got turf toe. And I've got some other things going on too. But I'm like, hey, that's Jack Lambert. So I tell Jeff Hartman, he's like, hey, Jack Lambert. <laughs> you know, so you're not playing this week. I'm like, no, I'm not playing. Uh, so I, I was inactive for the, uh, the playoff game because of uh, the same problem with uh, Jack Lambert. <laughs> that I think that's... That's what uh, really ultimately put the Steelers out of it against Cleveland because I wasn't uh, up to my fandom. I wasn't able to rock back and forth and pace because of the turf toe. So, um, but anyways, yeah, that was Lambert's last game. And then we will go, we will go back and talk about that, that dreaded game, three yards to go. 
Um, everybody thought they were going in. Alfred Papunu. Oh, I can't even say that name without shuddering. Alfred Papunu with that huge touchdown. Tim um, McHire, man. I, yeah, I was just going to say the burnt blanket. They used to call Tim McHire the burnt blanket, and that Tim was McHire, a killer. I feel bad that I harbored such a grudge against him for years, you know. But <laughs> it took me a while to get over that. And Bill Cower, I read this recently. Bill Cower said, my gosh. And his daughter came up to him and said, why don't you just run Barry Foster? He would have gotten you three yards. Now, hindsight is twenty twenty. Should have they run that ball? Uh, Fourth and three, do you run that ball? I don't know, man. It's pretty hard running the ball in from the three-yard line, you know, I, you know, uh, in that situation. if they Imagine if they had run the ball and they, and they didn't get in. Oh, my gosh, the complaining. You know, they're going to run the ball there. You know, so you're going to lose-lose, man. If you, if you don't get in, it doesn't matter what you did, you're wrong. Uh, but fortunately for Bill Cower, there was no internet or behind the steel curtain in, uh, <laughs> at that time, so nobody could absolutely destroy him. Um, but I can still see, man, Dennis Gibson, the, the, the linebacker, he made a nice play. You know, I mean, O'Donnell actually put the ball in a pretty good spot down low for Foster to go down and get it, and Dennis Gibson came across his face and knocked it away. It was really, really nice play on his part. And, you know, my mom, I remember my mom – she did not come down and watch the game with me, with us, but, uh, and she didn't watch a lot of the games and she, she has suffered from a bad back for years. And I remember she was having trouble with her back. So she was in bed, but she turned the game on. And I remember her saying to me, she's like, my gosh, that Seau guy was everywhere. Yeah. He had 15 tackles in that game. Seau was absolutely amazing. But the one guy that I blame for that, that loss, and I shouldn't, and I have, my gosh, I revere this guy because he is one of my favorite Steelers from that era that people don't talk about. He didn't go to college. He's from Syracuse, New York. He played semi-pro ball, ball, Ray Seals. But Ray Seals did something that was a little bit of a distraction, and he was the one who came up with the 60-minute men video. And do you remember the 60-minute men video? Oh, yeah. The Steelers, you know, they were – they had their ticket to the Super Bowl written, you know, and that was yeah. that was part of the problem. Yeah, so that's I, I always blame that, and and he gets a bad rap for that, and I'm the one who keeps bringing it up. So Ray, I'm sorry, but that that was the uh, that was that was a killer. But the next year, we talked about that game extensively. They get in, and next thing you know, there's a drought again. They're not in the AFC Championship game. Until the 2001 season, it was the 13-3 year. It was the 9-11 year, and I've got tickets to the game. Oh, actually, I'm wrong. I apologize. Yep, the 97 season, which I was at that game too. Yeah. So I digress. Uh, That was uh, that was the game against Denver. I have great memories of uh, you know going, staying over at our friend's house in Pittsburgh. Going, we started tailgating at four o'clock in the morning, Hmm. and I remember there's a breakfast casserole involved. Yeah, oh, I didn't drink. I, I wasn't drinking before that game. I I can honestly tell you, I'm not much of a drinker, but I have never drank an ounce of alcohol at a live Steelers game. I just don't because that's uh, I I'm there. I'm there for business. I'm I'm focusing. <laughs> it's a business but yeah. I remember uh, buying my Jerome Bettis jersey, and I didn't have a lot of jerseys back then. I remember buying a Jerome Bettis jersey, a white jersey with the black numbers of the black letters. And that was the only year they wore black letters 
1997. So I remember buying that at that game and I paid more for that Jersey for the screen printed one than I do now for jerseys. <laughs> I remember doing that. Um, that game was a disappointment because Bettis had an amazing game. Bettis was really key in the playoffs, but Bettis ran for over a hundred yards in that game. I lost my notes on, uh, on Jerome there, but he had over a hundred yards he was amazing. Cordell just threw three picks in the end zone that that um, I was in. And, I mean, they, they had – I think two of those picks were in the end zone where they were big swings, uh, drive killers. The Steelers really should have played the uh, Green Bay Packers in Super Bowl 32. But one of the few times that I actually rooted for the team that vanquished the Steelers in the uh, Super Bowl – was after that I did root for I, I definitely rooted for uh Elway and company in that game to win that Super Bowl. But that I was remember, uh Cordell killed us. It was 24-17 and uh the Steelers needed to get a stop, you know, to get the ball back with a chance to to tie it up and Denver had maybe two minutes left and if Denver converted, you know, they they could nail the clock out. So so pretty much the game was on the line and Denver had like a third and six. And Elway wound up hitting Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp. First, first down. And I remember Shannon Sharp talking about that game years later on, you know, he's on one of the one of the game day shows. And he was talking about that game. He said in the huddle, Elway came in the huddle and he just looked at Shannon Sharp and he said, get open. And I mean, that was the play. The play was That's... get open. You know, like it's a, you just think like you do all this X and O and you do all this stuff to, you know, try to out scheme your opponent. But sometimes it's just about get open. Yeah, so that was a long drive home because I really thought they were going to the Super Bowl. 2001 was even worse of a drive home because my buddy that I talked about earlier, um, he had season tickets and we broke through on the lottery. So we were going to New Orleans. We had plane tickets. Yeah, you had to buy them in advance. Um, we had the plane tickets. We had not only that, we had a hotel room. We had everything set up to go to that game, but a New England Patriots fan ended up sitting in our seats because they got to go instead. Troy Edwards steps out of bounds on a punt. They have to repunt, And then Troy Brown takes it to the house. That was a very weird game. I'm still mad about that game because that's the game where Jerome Bettis came on. And no, nobody talks about this. But I, I was watching Saverin on Sports on um, wh whatever it was called back then, that network at the time, it was KBL at one point. It changed so Fox Sports, Pittsburgh, it changed so many names. But Saverin on that 6 o'clock show had Bettis um, in the locker room, a soundbite, and he said, it was weird. It's like they knew every play we were running before we ran. And then that was one of – they uh, considered that a Spygate game. Yeah. And so uh, that I'm still upset about that. I did not get to go to the Super Bowl. I would have seen you two in the Super Bowl. There were four or five pre former presidents at that game. Oh my gosh, I would have loved to have. I would have loved to have been there um, for that atmosphere. And that was the start of the New England dynasty. So I'm still a little salty on that. Um, real quick, do you have any thoughts about that game? I refuse to talk about the New England Patriots, Brian. 
Good. I have, very, I have very bitter memories about all our experiences with the Patriots, so I'm 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 willing to skip over that right now. Okay, <laughs> I am going to talk about the next game that they lost to the New England Patriots just for a reason. This is one of my 2 a.m. stories. I'll go quick on this one because I want to get to the, the two really good ones coming up. So, first of all, the 2016 game with Pittsburgh and New England, it's not even to talk about. It was just a disappointment. That, that, that was the worst of them all. But the New England Patriot game where Rodney Harrison had the pick six, I was in the stadium. And my buddy, who was sitting next to me, we had we had a hotel room for the night. And there was a snowstorm that weekend. I was on a business trip in uh, in the Miami, and I, actually, excuse me, in New Orleans, and not all my. I was supposed to go back to Johnstown, um, and and then drive to Pittsburgh to watch the game, but there was a problem with the plane. My luggage went somewhere else. I had nothing, so I had to go get. I had to go get uh, uh, clothes, and I got my Joey Porter jersey that weekend. So. It's back and forth. Um, Plexico catches that touchdown. My buddy, he was just like all over the place. He was like, uh, we're going to lose. I told you, blah, blah, blah. And the next thing you know, we're going to win. We're coming back. We're going to, and then uh, we're going to lose. I'm leaving. So he leaves. And the worst thing that you can do is walk that concourse at Heinz Field and walk all the way back to your car after a loss, especially at night, because people, uh, a loss to end your season, because Fans are mad, and and there's fights. There's a potential for fights. So I'm like, dude, walk back to the hotel. I'll meet you back there. So I just stayed and sat in my seat. And this was one of the first years that they were going to do the celebration on the field. And Joe Namath was there. And I figured, yeah, I'll watch Joe Namath pass off the tro- trophy. So there were not a lot of Patriots fans there, but the ones there, they went down. They they went down and huddled by the stage, and that was in the end zone where I was at. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to walk down and get a closer look. And I get a closer look, and I run into this guy wearing a Ty Law jersey. Boom. Just like, we knock into each other. And he goes like this. Whoa, whoa, sorry, man, sorry. And I look at him, and I said, congratulations, enjoy, enjoy the Super Bowl. Have fun. He's like, and I can't do the accent because I, I, I'm horrible with accents, but he goes, what are you kidding me? And I'm like, uh, no, have fun at the game. He's like, you're the nicest Steeler fan I've met this whole weekend. I can't believe it. I'm like, Hey, we watched this game for the same reason. Your team won, my team lost. Um, have fun. He goes, will you take a picture with me? I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll take a picture with you, but. I'm not smiling. He goes, you don't have to smile. So there's a picture of me somewhere with this guy. I'm wearing a Joey Porter jersey. He's wearing a Ty Law jersey. He's smiling. I'm like this. <laughs> there's a picture somewhere. But that's how I that's how I approach my fandom. I'm like, hey, look, they're here for they're here for fun too. They're just with the wrong team. I can see me going to another stadium, and uh, as long as uh, hey anybody's allowed in my living room, just don't pee on my couch. And that's how I feel about when you come to Heinz Field. And that's that's the way I approach it, too. So, you know, uh, they put their uh, jerseys on the same way that I do, but theirs are just uglier than mine. 
Your jersey right now, by the way, uh, your Ampipe Bulldogs uh, jersey is fantastic, man. Thank you so much. Filmed in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. I was actually at the game that they filmed the football game. I have some great stories of that. That could be that's going to be a, a later off-season tales from 2 a.m. We could talk about that. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, so we're getting to wrap up soon. We got to talk about the two big ones. Uh, the uh, the Denver one was fun. Uh, you know, it kind of felt anticlimactic in a way after uh, it was kind of like when the USA beat Russia in hockey in 1980 with yeah. the Steelers beating the Colts in that dramatic fashion. And the next thing you know, they're playing, my gosh, what were they? US was playing either Sweden or Finland. I I think it was Sweden. I, I messed that up all the time. It was Sweden. Um, the Steelers playing Denver and, and uh, Jake Plummer. It was kind of anticlimactic, but it was awesome. It was a great feeling. I remember I remember just being elated. Uh, do you have any quick thoughts on that game before we get to Troy Palomalu and the pick six? Yeah. Play action pass, man. Ben Ben Roethlisberger came out. That was play action Ben. Uh, on I guess Wisenhunt was the OC, and and in both that Colts game and that Denver game, the Steelers got out early on them, uh, not by pounding Bettis, which I, I'm sure is what everybody was expecting, but by running a lot of play action, hitting Heath Miller, you know, down the seam, and uh, that was a that was you know just one of those times where where the game plan was so good and the execution was great and you know it just sort of kind of felt like it was taking on a life of its own. So yeah, I just remember uh, Roethlisberger playing with a lot of energy and the Steelers getting up big and feeling like not like sometimes you know when you get an early lead you're nervous because you you, you know you, it's it's like hold on hold on, but those were that 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 uh Broncos game was one where the Steelers got out ahead and I felt really confident early on hey we're going to win this thing. And that game was really it never seemed in doubt. Ben threw a beautiful pass to Heinz Ward in the back of the end zone. And if I'm not mistaken didn't Ben do finger guns in that game? Yeah, finger guns, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I remember that and for some reason I just remember the lation of hearing Tunch go uh cuz he did it the the weekend before and he said he wasn't going to do it like uh, call your travel agent but this time he was able to say call your travel agent get tickets for detroit <laughs> and so i'm like yes and i mean that was a great feeling but one of my favorite afc championship memories was the last victory it happened in 2008 and i remember it was it was a great it was great for me because the next day was going to be, it was Martin Luther King Day the next day, so I was off of work. So I can just relax and enjoy it and know that I could stay up and watch highlights after they, if the, if they would win, and I could relax more during this game. Um, so this game, they, they came out, that 2008 team came out pretty well on, on Baltimore. Lima Swede had that drop. Everyone wants to talk about that drop. Ryan Clark knocks out. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I, I still feel bad for uh McGahee. Willis McGahee. I mean, he just absolutely cracked him. And it, it wasn't a it wasn't a dirty hit. It was two thousand and eight football, man. Still yeah. It wasn't helmet to helmet, but uh, so I gotta tell you, then there's the moment. I believe there's like five forty-three left or something in the game. Not a lot of people realize. They had a chance to take a lead, take the lead there. 
16, 14. Yeah. Joe Flacco goes back to pass. And was that a 43-yard return by number 43, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. That's right. Your thoughts on that. And then I got to throw my thoughts on that because something happened there. I was uh, at my buddy Ed's house. Uh, Ed was a founding member of the uh, Steel Curtain football games at the at the bank where we're throwing each other through the shrubs. Uh, I'd taken many trips out to Pittsburgh with Ed. You know, like he's uh, he's my oldest, you know, Steeler fan buddy. We've known each other since we were eight years old and been through a, a lot of Steelers games together. I was at his house in the basement watching that game. And uh, Ravens got the ball back 16-14, whatever it was, four or five minutes left. All they got to do is get in the field goal range. And I'm like, you know, up and pacing. I'm like, Ed, I got a bad feeling. Ed, I got a bad feeling. And I remember what he said. He, he said, don't worry. He's like, Palomar is going to make a play. And like two plays later, boom, pick six. And not said, a- you are a sage, Ed. You are a sage. That's awesome. And not only – was it a pick six? It was a zigzag pick six. It was a tr- signature Troy yeah. uh, return. Oh, that was, we were elated. So we were in my basement and we call my basement Steeler Central. And I told you that I was in West Virginia at one time. Um, I used to go to the, I lived there for nine years and we used to go to my, my uh, good friend, Tommy Regan. We used to go to Tommy's house all the time and uh, watch the games there. He called it Steeler Central. And it was a thing, even if he was at the game, he wouldn't tell anybody he was going because he wanted you to show up at his house and watch the game. It was it was one of those deals. He had a great bachelor house, and we watched all those games there. So when I moved to Maryland, I had all these friends that were from Western PA, from Pittsburgh, from uh, they were Steeler fans, and they would come over and watch the games, and they still do. And we – we uh, regular season game, we treat it like a uh, – we treat it like a Super Bowl. We – I mean, my uh, wife puts together um, the menu and we try to do theme menus. Sometimes we do all kinds of stuff, but we, it's like, it's a feast. And this was no exception. We had a feast and there was only about five or six guys in the basement that weekend. And uh, there was a, um, the ladies were down there too. And when Troy picks that ball off and goes to the end zone, we all jump up and it's like the mound. It's the ninth inning, the mound, the final out. You win the World Series and you do the scrum on the mound. And we're just jumping up, hugging, dancing around. And what happens when you're in those? Arms are flailing, right? <laughs> I, knew I, got, I know somebody's getting hurt here. <laughs> I got cold cocked. I got knocked down. Yeah. I, somebody cracked me. <laughs> I still don't know which one of my buddies. And they're still all my buddies. I don't know who hit me. I know it wasn't intentional. I fell down. I got back up and jumped back in and we're like, Woo! and I went back and like, we're, I ran upstairs for some of the people were still upstairs. Like my wife was still upstairs. I ran upstairs and I said, we won. And she goes, what's wrong with your, what's up with your, your face? And I'm like, Oh, I got punched in the face. And they're like, what? Who punched you? What did you do? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> we're celebrating. It's arms fly. So that I talked about the champagne burn in my eyes. This hurt even more, but like John Mellencamp says, where he was just Johnny Cougar back then when he said it, hurts so good. And it hurts so good to watch the Steelers win. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm a warrior. I'm I'm like Matakevich. I'm I'm that guy. (laughs) Dirty bad. You can just call me dirty bad. But hey, thanks so much for talking about this. This is a, you know, the Steelers aren't in the game, but 
we have had the pleasure of watching so many AFC Championship games over the year. They're gonna come back. We're gonna we're gonna get a chance to see them again. We don't know what the date on the calendar, what year it's gonna be. Hopefully, it's gonna be sooner rather than later. But it's so fun to talk about these games, Kevin. And I really enjoy doing it with you. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Brian. I hope it. Uh, I hope they're good games today. Get, let's uh, let's give us something fun to watch. You know. You know what? I hope they will be. They will never be good as good as some of the eight that we just talked about. But they will be good for fans uh, of uh, of two different cities. So uh, I'm getting ready to watch those games, and I'm really going to enjoy it. But we will be back next week. We will start talking about uh, some Super Bowl memories. I'll have you back in a couple weeks if you want to come on for the Super Bowl show. I think we can have a lot of fun um, during those games, too. Um, and really, the good and the bad, because there's a lot of great stories out of the, uh, out of the bad games, too as well because man i could talk about i've rewatched the dallas game so many times super bowl 30 i've watched it so many times and i keep on thinking oh just a little tweak here and a little tweak here they could have done it but with that being said kevin have a great week yeah thanks brian everybody out there god bless man thank you guys all right. One of our best guests ever, Kevin Smith. Thanks so much. For Kevin, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. Remember, behind the steel curtain for all your Pittsburgh Steeler needs, everything that you want. There's going to be breaking news this week. You're going to get it here first. So just definitely check it out. We will see you next time. And remember, it might be 10 o'clock where you're at. It might be 7 o'clock where you're at. But it's 2 a.m. somewhere. We'll see you.